0: The MHI Industry Leadership Podcast brings together the solutions, providers, and thought leaders of the materials handling industry to talk about trends, technologies, solutions, and best practices to move the industry forward. Christian Dow is the Executive Vice President of Membership and Industry Leadership at MHI. In each episode, Christian will be talking to the leaders and members of MHI's industry groups. Let's join him now.
1: Welcome to the MHI Industry Leadership Podcast, where we bring you the latest insights and trends from the world of material handling handling and logistics. In this episode, we're excited to have two special guests from the Protective Guarding Manufacturers Association. Barbara Cheatham, Production Manager at Impact Recovery Systems, and Mark McLean, North American Sales Manager for Material Handling Safety. They will be joining us discussing an important topic that affects all industrial workplaces fall protection and accidents avoidance. Our guests will be sharing their expertise on employee training and education, covering best practices to ensure that your workers stay safe. And avoid accidents. They will also be delving into the various fall protection solutions that are available for workers at height with a focus on the importance of execution and worker participation. So welcome, Barbara. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Impact Recovery Systems?
2: Sure. I've been at Impact Recovery Systems for 18 years. Before that, I was working at Mercury Marine Outboard Motors in Wisconsin um, in materials management. Before that, I worked at Nissan Motors in Smyrna, Tennessee. I started on the production floor, so I worked on the production floor for like 12 years. So I feel like I have a really well-versed background in manufacturing, um, and just worked my way up uh, to become production manager at Impact. So Impact Recovery Systems has two areas. It has the traffic side, which is all plastic. Um, road product that we sell worldwide. And then we also have the slow stop guarding system, which is um, steel product, bollard systems that we sell worldwide as well. So we also have a company in our shot in Belgium. So we sell product around the world. It's, it's pretty interesting. What else should I say? (laughs) No, that's
1: perfect. Welcome. Thank you for, thank you for joining us. And Mark, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about Garlock?
0: I I got started in the uh, MRO safety world back in 1990 with Genie Industries, aerial work platform manufacturer that had a great focus on safety uh, and ANSI requirements. So we did a lot of training and such. And that's where I got my beginnings in working at heights and providing safety best practices and things to keep workers safe. And I moved on into the safety world with an absorbent company for ten years, uh, and then I got into the fall protection business. Uh, in I say protection because it was active wear harnesses, lanyards, and devices. And then uh, after uh, several years in that, I moved over to Garlock Safety, which is fall prevention, which is the inactive side of fall uh, fall protection, where it's basically guardrails. And our obviously our focus is on keeping workers safe at heights through a variety of solutions and best practices that we try to coach our uh, partners and our end users to incorporate. So great. Well, welcome, Mark, and and thank you for joining
1: us today. Um, So Mark, what is the primary driver for employer, employee, and manufacturer that each share ownership in providing fall prevention solutions?
0: I would say that the primary driver is that all companies have a responsibility and a culture that their most valuable asset is their employees. So the key driver there is to protect the most valuable asset you have and that's your people.
1: Absolutely. Barbara, what are your thoughts?
2: Um I just think that um When you share with your employees that safety is the number one concern beyond everything else, it shows that that we we have a lot of care for the employees um, of most importance in the company, and they feel valued and protected. Um, We ensure physical safety, preventing major injuries, and perhaps even fatalities. Um, It's also a big cost savings for the company because one one small minor injury could cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. You don't really think about it till you start paying that medical expense. So all of that money that's paid out on, you know, the safety incident can go back into the employee's pocket. So that's how we present it. Like, you know, no, no issues, then all that money then goes back into the employees.
1: Excellent,
0: yeah, thanks Mark. I couldn't agree with Barbara more from uh, the actual user-manufacturer-employee uh, um, uh, relationship. That is a beautiful statement. And as she's speaking to the fact that companies are doing risk assessments and cost values and such, uh, it comes back to the employer uh, many times over as a, uh, a benefit and happy workers or productive workers, as they say. <laughs> right. Right. And healthy workers as well. Right. Right. Exactly.
1: Um, So Barbara, why is it important to educate employees on accident avoidance and fall protection?
2: Well, I think a lot of times people just get in the whole humdrum of coming to work every day, doing the same thing. And you just forget about the minor things that are going on around them because they just kind of get into the routine of everyday work life. So, um, I just think it's important to keep that up front. So on our toolbox meetings, I um, we go out once a week and we go over some OSHA requirements. We read uh, from the OSHA handbook, like on fall protection, you know, s- safety with knives, um, chemical protection, all of those different areas. And we just kind of go over them once a week with the employees. And that way they keep that in the front and foremost every day when they come to work. Um, We have also implemented a 6S training. Um, So that is the 5S plus safety. So we have champions throughout the plant floor. They wear a little purple vest and then we've empowered them to go out every day and do like a 5S audit. And then once a month they do a thorough safety audit. And the champions are also part of the safety team. So they meet once a month um, and go over, you know, any safety issues, anything that's brought to my attention or the supervisor's attention. We typically try to get that implemented and get it fixed right away. We also, um, we provide steel toe shoe vouchers for the people that are working with the steel bollard products because, you know, God forbid somebody drops a bollard on their foot. (laughs) It wouldn't be pretty because we have some big heavy pipe out there. Uh, we do machinery training and sign off. So no one's allowed when they get hired, they can't touch a piece of machinery without going through the proper port- protocol to get you know, the training and then they have to get signed off and that goes in their file. Um, and then we also do in-house forklift training. So we make sure that everyone is well-versed in forklift and they all get signed off and get a card. So I think we, we, put safety right up front in front of everything else. So it's really important that everyone stays safe.
1: Yeah, it's an important cultural, yeah. you know, part of your company. One of the things that that I saw, you know, I used to call on energy companies, oil and gas companies. And one company, anytime four, I think it was four or more people got together, the first 10 minutes of their meeting had to be on a safety topic. And so, and it could be anything that they've seen or that they do that that just, you know, reinforces that safety mm-hmm. is is important. And I thought that was kind of a cool uh, cultural thing to just say, hey, you know, it's so important. We want you to take time and just continue to reinforce it and say, you know, talk about things that you've seen, talk about areas we can improve, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so, so um,
2: and go One ahead, other yes. thing. So like when it becomes summertime and people are doing a lot of yard work and out on the ladders and so forth, we try to go over ladder safety and because it's important at work as well as at home. We want these employees to come back to work every day because <laughs> it's very difficult to get employees. So when we get them, we want to keep them. So it's like so we try to go over the safety stuff for at home as well as at work. So we cover all of those topics periodically.
1: Yeah, that's great. Now, yeah, in the winters up in the north, you uh, probably also should cover a snowblower safety. Oh
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Every time a big snow comes, somebody there's a a rush of people to the emergency room with uh, hand injuries trying to clear out their snowblowers. So. Oh
2: wow. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, but uh, so what are some examples of successful techniques you have used to provide accidents avoidance uh, or or you know fall protection training, Barbara?
2: Oh, so um, we have updated some of our older machinery, which has been really nice. And all of the new machinery that we have now have, you know, the two finger hold or better shield protection, just a lot of hand and eye safety protection that we've implemented over the years that I've been here. So we continually put back into the company, you know, and update stuff as time goes on. Um, We put down runners over any cords that are out that are very visible to the employees. Um, Our steel bollard system that we actually sell to customers, we've got that throughout the plant. So we have column protection, uh, protection to the um, overhead doors, so people don't fall out, uh, different stuff like that. So we've implemented a lot of different um, items throughout the shop floor and a lot of signage for the employees.
1: So, so Mark, what are some examples of techniques that you've seen in the in the industry or in the market?
0: Um, I will ditto what uh, Barbara said as far as an implant. As far as opportunities, signage is very important. Uh, I've uh, experienced and been involved in being invited to uh, monthly safety training sessions, kind of like your toolbox. You get a group together and you go over one specific subject, maybe how it's best used and what best practices are. Because Barbara's right, you get into a routine and I'm a very routine oriented person, just ask my wife. And you can, pardon the pun, fall into a bad habit. So we encourage people in different types of meetings like this to conduct themselves in different ways for safety purposes. I've also seen situations where we're installing new equipment and we incorporate employees and influencers within the business to help educate and train and develop best practices so that the machinery the equipment is used properly and to its safest maximum capabilities Um, i've seen customers um, do video uh, programs showing the the worst possible outcome and the best possible outcome and there's nothing like the visual stimulation of of an injury that shows a uh, an employee or a person that you really want to consider, like Barbara said, going home at night safe. Yeah, that's the
1: best possible outcome, right? When you talk yeah. about that, is the best possible outcome is nothing happens. Exactly. The worst possible outcome is you know disastrous. Yeah, you know,
0: because in our business, the, um, there aren't too many people that walk away from a, a fall at that it's most distances. Um, I'm a living example of one of those people who was blessed. Uh, I fell when I was very young on a playground um, and should not have lived and I lived. And I'm uh, I'm very big advocate for fall prevention and, and best practices. Just telling people it it's very important to you and your family and your friends to think twice. What's the old saying is uh, measure twice, cut once. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that, that leads right into the next, uh, the next question is what can the material handling industry do and the pro-GMA, but what can the whole industry do uh, a better job of promoting safety?
0: Yeah. Barbara or Mark? Mark. Okay, with you, Mark. Uh, That's okay. No worries. I I don't want to step on Barbara's toes. Sure. No,
2: that's okay. um,
0: I don't know if she's got her steel toe shoes on in the office. (laughs) Uh, But uh, one of the uh, to answer your question obviously, awareness is the biggest aspect of it. Um, Safety in many cases in the material handling industry is a second or third thought process. We put up a rack system. We put up a mezzanine. You got guardrails around it, but then you've got open areas where materials are um, accessed or egressed off, so they're charged or uncharged from that area. Uh, and then you've got people working in open spaces uh, that are not in compliance with OSHA. So awareness signage uh, is is huge, and in the material handling industry specific. Of the top 10 injuries in a, in a distribution center or warehouse, three of them are fault oriented. Uh, and one relates directly to training. So, to know that 10 of the things that OSHA's identified, one of them is training. I would concur with OSHA that training should never stop, mm-hmm. it's an ongoing process.
1: Yeah, Barbara, do you have thoughts to add to that? What can the industry do to uh, better promote safety?
2: Um, Just overall awareness for everyone who's in the manufacturing and construction and every other industry that um, has any kind of safety um, implications. Uh, I think forklift, to me, the forklift part of the job is a little scary sometimes because you have all these different personalities jumping off and on the forklift and someone has a bad day, they'll run someone over. (laughs) So you just want to make sure that everybody is always aware of their surroundings, you know, on and off the forklift. Um, And just, uh, just like Mark said, just continual education throughout the whole system, I think is really important because it keeps it up front in front of everybody it's when you're not talking about it is when stuff happens so i think yeah. it's just education overall for everybody
1: do either of you have any thoughts on you know with this tight labor market and with probably turnover happening fairly often and, and new employees coming in staying for a day or two or weeks or months you know how, How can an organization really get on top of training, you know, when they've got so many new faces coming in or temporary faces coming in, you know, and, and uh, you know, any thoughts to kind of solving that issue?
2: Well, typically we put our new employees with a mentor and Mm -hmm. we keep that individual with that person for, you know, a week or two when we're really busy. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't always have that opportunity, but, um, We make sure that someone's always overseeing the new employee, but we also go through new employee um, new hire handbook that goes over, you know, the safety part of the job and the do's and the don'ts and what you, you know, what you can't touch or what you can't do until you get signed off on. So we try to do our due diligence there, but yeah, it's very difficult in this market. We have a lot of people just like you alluded to coming and going and, uh, they might make it till lunchtime and then they don't come back. Um, make it a couple of days, and so it can be very frustrating. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: Mark, any thoughts? Yeah, retention is a is a subject matter I I hear uh, and see uh, quite often. Um, the aspect of that is is that a lot of companies that I've spoke with or worked with are uh, providing a, a reward system. For things like Barbara was talking about, when you achieve certain levels of safety awareness or testing or training programs, there's always a, so to speak, a kicker for them to achieve and, and motivate them to stay because they know they've got a a little bit more of a future with an employer. The other thing is, is that, for instance, in Barbara's case in the on the production facility, would be for her and her company or any company to reach out to their suppliers. Folks like Garlock Safety who manufacture things who walk and talk and execute value add and they provide additional services at no cost. So they come in and provide guidance as well as additional training onsite in a facility that it elevates that uh, awareness of importance but it's also like Barbara said a few moments ago you know those employees feel important. They feel like their company cares. It's a big, big way to me for retention and keeping quality employees. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. What are some common misconceptions that
1: workers have about fall protection in particular, and how can they be addressed? Like, what are you know? And, and I and I'll go back to my time at uh, at, a, at a member company of MHI where I had an employee that, that kept using a ladder that was broken and that the top was broken and it was a tall ladder. It was like a, a a 16 foot or 18 foot ladder. And when I witnessed that the ladder was broken, you know, and this employee didn't want to do anything about it and scrap the ladder. I had our machine shop, cut it up, you know, (laughs) because he (laughs) thought that it was safe, you know, and he thought that there was no risk of, of using it and, and and things like that. But what other you know, what are some examples of some misconceptions that you've seen and, and how do you address those with with an employee or what are
0: some best practices in doing that, handling that as an organization? I think the number one, one that I get most feedback on not going to happen to me. <laughs> I'm careful. I do my job real well. I it's never going to happen to me. Um The second thing is, is that when you feel like that, or if you have that mindset, sometimes you take shortcuts and in the fall protection business, you're wearing a harness and you, you got your harness on, you walk into that open bay and you forgot to tie off. And all of a sudden you slip on a pallet or a pallet flow roller or trip over a package and it's a, it's a terrible outcome. Uh, so not going to happen to me is always the, eh, you know, it never does that to me. Or improperly using the equipment. Um, in protection business, a harness and a lanyard has to be fitted and inspected on a daily basis. Uh, in our business, when you're using manual gate systems, when you walk up and open it and retrieve the materials that you're working with, it's like my mother used to say when I was a kid, close the refrigerator door. you born in a barn, close the gate because the next person that walks up may not have the mentality or safety that you do or the awareness. Um, so executing, using the system, the products the way they're supposed to be is number two. Number one is it can happen to anybody and the outcome is irreversible. Yeah, Barbara, any thoughts? Well,
2: uh, going back to what Mark said, it's funny because people always think that it's never going to happen to them. And it's like, why did that, how did that happen? I was like, that's why it's called an accident. Accidents (laughs) happen, right? I have to explain that to them all the time. I'm like, it's an accident and it happened, but we have to prevent it next time. So It's just funny how uh, people view that that way. Like they always think that they're invincible and they're never going to get hurt. But I mean, there's an accident out there waiting to happen right now. I can feel it. (laughs) So um, no, so we, again, we just have to do our due diligence every day on the shop floor and just make sure that everybody's following the guidelines and doing what they're supposed to do. So, I mean, just like the safety glasses that I have on, you know, they, they want it. They don't want to wear them. I'm like, we only have safety glasses and then we have steel toed shoes on the steel bollard side, but it's like, that's the only thing that you really have to wear out in the shop that we offer. And they're like, they don't want to wear it. So then we have to write them up, you know, and, and reprimand them. Because if in the way I explained it to them, if we're not doing our due diligence and making sure that you follow the rules, you can lose an eye. You only have two eyes. Right. So it's like if you're not following the rules and you lose an eye, then it's on me and then I can't sleep at night. So I said, I'm not going to have that happen to me. You know, if you get hurt, that's on me. So I have to make sure that you guys are all safe every day. So, yeah, I kind of take it personal on a personal level because, you know, that's part of my job.
1: So before I go before I go to Mark, I'm going to. So, the, so, Barbara, you're saying the squint method is not a good method for protecting your eyes? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> okay. Just make but, you sure. Know, it's,
2: a, it's the simplest thing, right? The safety glasses. But people just, for some weird reason, they just like, I don't want to. I'm like, no, you, it's not an option. You have to wear them. So yeah. um, just getting them used to it. I mean, I've worn safety glasses for over 30 years. It's okay. You're, you'll be fine. And I still have my two eyes. So it's all good. So we offer like ear protection as well. So if I were out there working all day, every day, I would have ear protection on. I offer that up. We don't um, require it. I have a few people who wear it, but I'm like, if I were out there every day, I would wear ear protection as well. That's just how I am, you know, because I don't want to lose my hearing either. <laughs> so no, but it's all I can do sometimes to get them to follow some of the basic rules. But anyways.
0: Mark, go ahead. Well, one of the things I was going to say, and it's it's not a preference because of whom I work for versus other methods of, of safety, but one of the things that we feel is a, a value add in our industry is being able to take the decision-making process as much as possible away from the worker so that they don't have to remember as many steps and procedures and requirements to protect themselves while working at heights. So the difference between the two methodologies, one is an active method, as I said earlier on, which means that they have to interact with all their equipment on a minute-by-minute basis. In my particular industry, it's passive. So it's already existing. It's already been tested and designed. And that way, when there is, say, a slip-fall occurrence, the protection is already maximized. There's no decision-making as to, did I have my harness on completely cinched up? Was I tied off properly? Did I have the right length of lanyard? Blah, blah, blah. It takes all the decision-making away from an employee so they can do the task at hand and still remain maxim, maximum safety.
1: Do you think that part of the issue that that uh, organizations have and and really either managers or other employees is that they just assume that something is common sense or is, you know, they should, you know, it's obvious how to use this piece of equipment or it's obvious that this is the way you should do it and why, you know, why wouldn't everybody just get that? Do you think that's a misconception that that should be addressed,
2: Barbara? Um. Uh not here. <laughs> <laughs> no, not on my shop floor, but, um, maybe, maybe in, in some, some manufactured plants or industries, but, um, I, we don't take anything for granted. Yeah. You, know, you can't, you can't assume that somebody understands so the, the assumption part of it is taken out <laughs> of the whole scenario because, when you start doing that, then that's when injuries are going to happen. So that's why everybody has to go through the safety guidelines and procedures and get signed off and um, go through the proper training and so forth. So um, we try to make sure we really hit all of those marks uh, with all the employees. So, yeah, we don't assume.
0: <laughs> Mark, anything, Dan?
2: Uh Just that... <laughs>
0: You know, I'm full of sayings today, but um, <laughs> one of my favorite ones is common sense isn't so common. And <laughs> it is, uh, I see it practiced on a daily basis uh, when I'm doing a plant survey or a site assessment or any of those other uh, activities to help a help a customer make good decisions uh, for their employees. But then again, those companies that have like you said earlier, Christian, that companies that have a culture like Barbara's company, exactly what Barbara said. Not here. The culture is a huge, huge driver to employees' well-being.
1: Yeah, I really like Barbara's response to that because in in their facility, in Barbara's facility, that is not a, we don't take anything for granted. We, you know, it's, it's, everybody, there's no assumptions. We're just going to go ahead and train everybody, you know, as if nobody would understand how to use this in the first place. And, and I think that I've been in a lot of facilities, right. In factory automation for many years, I've been in facilities where people just don't do things the way they should be doing them, right. The safest way they take guarding off of machines and yeah. i have gone in and done safety risk assessments and going, this is a rotating piece of equipment that will not stop when it starts grabbing you and pulling you in. <laughs> and by the way, there's no e stop or anything else to stop this piece of equipment nearby anyway. So you can't stop it. So, uh, you know, and, and it, but that kind of uh, assumption really is dangerous, you know. And so I, I and I think Barbara and um, Impact Recovery has the right mentality internally to make sure, you know, that's the way organizations need to. You know to to be, and that's the culture they need to thrive for um, so Mark, what are some ways that uh, organizations can can kind of look at the emerging trends and and new kind of ways to to go about preventing fall uh, fall prevention and how can they stay up to date with some of the the latest best practices and technologies?
0: Well, as the industry um, is trending more towards automation, uh, there are a lot of new opportunities for safety, but there are also um, fewer opportunities for incidents uh, of a person uh, who would say in my industry would have a fall Uh, in other areas like machine guarding and other things. uh, I don't, think that's going to have an impact because you're going to have to guard the battery storage area, the charging areas and and all the machinery and everything you're working with. Uh, But as far as maintaining awareness, there are a lot of great publications out there. Uh, The upcoming ProMAT show in Chicago, it would be an outstanding opportunity for people to Uh, take in what the industry has to offer in new technologies and such. Uh, I see other manufacturers, integrators, uh, advertising their press conferences that they're going to have for introducing new products like we're doing. Uh, And then I guess the last thing I would say is that the safety, the EHS people within an organization should be corporations should give them some latitude to attend both regional and national trade shows as an attendee, as an exhibitor, if they need be, but to gain awareness of what's coming, because you can't rely on the person coming in the front door or, you know, through the dock doors to have all the information for what exactly what you need. Um, I see new things every day and they astound me. I I peruse LinkedIn for a half hour every morning, looking at what's new in the material handling industry to see if our products can be improved as a manufacturer. And I think most manufacturers probably got somebody like me out there doing all that. Uh, Let's see what we can do to make ourselves uh, better.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I get to walk a lot of trade shows and see a lot of different, uh, innovations and it's, it's not everybody that gets to do that, right. Especially when you're a, uh, you know, in more of an operations type role where you're responsible for a, a, you know, a production schedule and, uh, you know, and and have more internal responsibilities to be able to get out and travel and go and walk a floor for for a couple of days and sit in on se- seminars. But it is important yeah. to continue to uh, build your your education. Barbara, any any additional thoughts to what Mark had to say?
2: Well, um, we have several people who are um, involved in MHI from Impact, which we are a very small company, like fifty employees. So um, I think that's wonderful that we have other employees that are involved in it and then. The Promat show, we we send a whole crew to Chicago, and they go and walk the floor, our engineers, and they're always looking for uh, better ways of protecting the employees and better machinery and better material handling processes. So um, that's where they get a lot of new ideas, and they bring it back. So um, like I said, we've implemented a lot of new machinery over the last several years, and all of them have better safety processes to them that help ensure the employee's safety. So all of that, all of that helps for sure.
1: Absolutely. Well, that concludes our discussion today on fall protection and accident avoidance in industrial workplaces. We hope you found insights and tips from our guests, Barbara Cheatham and Mark McLean to be valuable and informative. Remember, safety should always be a top priority in any industrial workplace, and it's important to stay up to date with the latest best practices and technologies. If you're interested in learning more about protective guarding and safety solutions, be sure to visit mhi.org/progma, where you can find a wealth of resources including industry news, standards, guidelines, and a directory of leading solutions providers. Thank you for joining us on the MHI Industry Leadership Podcast. We look forward to bringing you more insightful discussions on material handling logistics in the future.
0: Thank you for joining the MHI Industry Leadership Podcast. Join us next time to learn more about the trends, technologies, solutions, and best practices that are moving the industry forward.